Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Welcome to Bridge the Atlantic, where we get to know the people behind the creative industries. We're your hosts, music web designer Ross Barber-Smith, owner of Electric Kiwi, where we create awesome custom websites for bands, artists, and musicians. And I'm singer-songwriter and multi-instrumentalist Marcy Novelli. This week we're joined by Rick Barker out of Nashville, former manager of Taylor Swift, social media mentor to American Idol finalists, and private consultant to Big Machine Label Group and Live Nation. He strives to teach artists how to be artists and treat their art as a business. Rick is also the founder of Music Industry Blueprint, and his marketing tactics have been featured in Billboard. He's dedicated his life to helping independent artists, like myself, plot out the most efficient strategies for turning their music into a career, and we're excited to learn more about him and hear what advice he'd offer to musicians who want to take control of their music careers. Hey, Rick. It's a pleasure. Hello. Yes. Pleasure to be with you guys. How you doing? So far, so good. Well, so far, so far, so yeah, I like well, that. I'm I use that a lot. Yeah, I use that a lot, especially when you're married. It, you always start off good, and then anything can happen at that point. So, <laughs> so uh, we, I think most of our, our, well, I guess if you're if you're just tuning in for the first time, I, I'm I'm in southern uh, Canada here, just outside Toronto. Ross. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Sorry, I figured that might have been my cue to say yeah. something, but I wasn't totally sure. <laughs> like where uh, you are now. Yeah, so I'm sometime, well, I think I am in, in Glasgow in Scotland. Uh, and Rick, uh, you're coming to us from Nashville, I believe. Yeah, right here on Music Row. Okay, so enough about us. Rick, tell us three things about yourself that everyone should know. Uh, one is I'm a father first and a husband. Uh, secondly, I absolutely love the music business. And third is I'm sober. Uh, I've been sober for over 24 years. And I say that a lot of people will ask me why I bring that up. And I always let them know that it shows that your past doesn't define your future. You know, the chances of me being successful at anything. I wasn't that guy in high school voted most likely to succeed. I was probably voted most likely to die before 25. So uh, that's kind of why I bring that up is to show people that, you know, we're all going to run into things in our lives that can divert us from our prime directive, but as long as we stay on track and, you know, have faith in something other than ourselves, we can definitely move forward. Wow. I absolutely love that. And thank you for sharing that. I think, uh, that's inspirational for all of us. It really is. Uh, in one form or another, we all deal with our own demons and the of idea, course, you know, of the course, idea yeah. that we can get past that and not letting your past define you is just very invaluable. Well, that's Absolutely. why I say it, you know, because a lot of times people will will candy coat things. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people I feel in life, people want to understand that, you know, you know, that you have a sense of empathy. Uh, and that's I remember I was at a workshop one time and they said, what are the three things that you want people to feel after they've had contact with you? And mine was I want them to feel that I empowered them. Uh, that I was empathetic to their needs and that I was present, you know, that I was involved in the conversation in life. There's so many distractions. There's so many things that 
can take us away. And I think when we're having conversations with people, they just want to know that we're there. They want to know that we understand and they want to know that they can leave and wow, I can go conquer the world. It's like, I want to be, I want people to feel after they leave me, it's like after they watch the Rocky movie, you know, like they can just go whoop anybody's ass. Like, here we go. Bring it on. No matter what it is, I can take on the world. So I think we're going to do that today. I hope so. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I know so. I know that's going to happen. <laughs> I know it. Um, so going back a, a little bit, um, you know, I think a lot of people know you as, as Taylor Swift's former manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I was listening to an interview you did earlier today, um, and you mentioned that you had the idea that she needed to get in front of 500,000 people to get a gold record. I'd love you to dive into that a little bit and let us know kind of what the thinking behind that strategy was. Sure. When I, when I met Taylor... I just saw this hunger and this passion and I saw the effect that she had on people. And I figured the best way for her to be able to affect more people was to get in front of more people. And she came to me and she said, when I asked her, I always sit down with an artist and I say, what are your goals? You know, let's set realistic goals. She had a huge lofty goal. Her goal was to sell, uh, have a gold record, which meant she had to sell 500,000 copies. So my response back was, well, then let's go meet 500,000 people. And at the time, we only had MySpace. It was in, in, in the previous music business, I say previous music business, in order to get in front of people, you either had to tour or you did a college party and you handed out a bunch of music and all those kids went back to their hometowns and shared their music. It was all peer-to-peer at that point. It was either you got in front of them physically and built that relationship or someone else went and started that relationship by handing somebody some music and saying, hey, check out this band. I heard them. They're awesome. Well, at the time we had MySpace and we were just realizing that there were a lot of people hanging out, looking for attention, and she was willing to give that attention. So we started pointing our efforts towards going to the party instead of trying to bring the party to us. We would go to where the communication was taking place, and at that time, it was MySpace. And it, it means something when you have an artist that's willing to do the work. You know, a lot of artists will say that they want success. You know, a lot of people will come to me, and the first thing they say is, I want to play, you know, stadiums. I'm like, great, what's that going to take? And they say a hit song. And I said, no, it's going to take people. You know, you don't fill a stadium with hit songs. You fill the stadium with people. And the only way to do that is to go out and build those relationships. We know a lot of artists who've had hit songs that, where are they now? You know, so the music is the start. You know, it all starts with a song. It all starts with the music. But ultimately, it ends with relationships, especially as crowded as it is right now. There's no shortage of pretty people who can sing. There is a shortage of people that are willing to go out and build those relationships. And I think that's the difference between an artist and a superstar is the superstar has figured out what is it going to take to go that next level. Usually it's work ethic, having the right team, being prepared for opportunities that might come your way. You know, a lot of the things that we can't duplicate in life are timing and luck. But what we want to do is make sure that we're prepared if that timing happens and if that luck happens. Well, you know, going along with this idea, you know, you work closely with artists to kind of help them create their own buzz, Mm -hmm. which is going along with what you're saying about an artist kind of working and going that extra mile. You know, uh, what are some of the biggest mistakes or misconceptions um, that artists have around the music business itself? And what do you think they can do to fix these? One of the biggest things is they feel that if they get signed, that they've just hit the holy grail, you know, that that's all it takes is it takes 
them getting a record deal. That was the case years ago. And the reason that was the case years ago is because it was the record companies that controlled the relationships with radio. They controlled the access to the distribution platforms. They controlled the people. Whatever we heard on the radio, we just assumed that must be the best stuff in the world right now, or else they wouldn't have gotten signed to a label. And then the internet comes along and we're like, holy crap, there's a lot of great music out there. There's a lot of great artists that are out there. Right now, it's very scary uh, if you're a record company. If you're a record company, the traditional model is you sign a deal, you sign an artist to a deal. Let's just say it's an 85-15 split. You're only making your money at the time off of record sales. Well, with record sales down and streaming up, instead of the record company splitting dollars, now they're splitting portions of a penny. And it's really hard to make that back. So what artists should be doing at this point is going, okay, wait a minute. I can wake up in the morning, I can create the music, I can get it in front of the people, and I can put it up for sale without anyone telling me no. That's powerful. And I don't think artists quite realize yet just how powerful that is. I always tell an artist, if they feel they need a record deal, they're not ready for a record deal because they feel that someone else is going to do all the work for them. A record deal should become a partnership. It's to say, hey, look at what I've created on my own. Look at the buzz I've created on my own. Now, if I can take your relationships and your ability to move things faster, that's when the record deal is right. If you want to keep the record deal, it's not hard to get them. It's hard to keep them. And that's what I'm trying to do is prepare artists for that opportunity. And that's why I'm working a lot right now with artists who are already signed to labels to sit there and say, okay, wait a minute. You found this person, but you haven't checked their work ethic. You haven't seen if there's any consistency in what they do on a day-to-day basis. You know, bottom line, we're in the customer service business. Their customers just happen to be their fans. So if they're just showing up going, vote for me, buy for me, do for me, it's like, wait a minute, dude, we don't like our friends that are like that. Now, all of a sudden, this artist who I don't know expects me to just parlay my, just take my money and give it to them because they happen to create a record. So I'm all about teaching fan engagement. I'm all about teaching relationship building. Um, It's psychology and human behavior is what it is. It's less about the music business and more about treating people the way you want to be treated and getting in as many conversations as you possibly can with an opportunity at some point to share your music. Yeah, this is the kind of stuff I say all the time. It's, it's, I describe the music industry very much as like a relationship business because it really is about people say, you know, it's, it's all about who you know. And it's like, well, you know, it kind of is, but it's also about how you treat the people that you know and the people that you want to know. And it, it totally, it can't all be me, me, me. It has to be a two way street. And I feel me, that. Me, me, um, me. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I know. Always. Ah, it, it drives me crazy because really, you know, you have to be willing to show the appreciation and, and, earn someone's fanship that's not a word but you know, but it's you know a great I mean? word then it is now and if marcio puts it in a song now it's considered a word so <laughs> yeah. uh one of the things too is i think that if people would just open up their eyes to take a look at what's really happening if they all think that if i get a record deal everything's going to change the record companies have more failures every year than they have successes so if they can't get everyone through What makes them think that just by getting that deal is going to get them through? And that's the part that people need to really take a look at and say, okay, let's dissect this for a second. We put so much energy and effort to say, if we just get on the radio, well, right now, this telephone is everyone's radio. 
Ever, this is what I tell people. Get your music on as many phones as you possibly can because we want to dictate when we're hearing the music. We want to dictate what song we want to hear when we want to sing it or hear it. So we don't get that with radio. At radio, we're at the mercy of someone else. That's why playlists are so popular right now. That's why these curated channels on Spotify are so popular right now. It's like people are saying, this is what I want to hear when I want to hear it. So you as an artist need to get your music out there any way that you possibly can. If you happen to get on radio, congratulations. That's a bonus. If you don't, it's not the end all be all. So don't worry about it. The way I look at it as an artist myself is when I'm making music, there's no business side of it. It's making, you're making art, you're Mm -hmm. creating something. But when that's done, now I think you have to look at that as, okay, how do I get that to people? How do I, how do I make it so I can make another one of these down the road in another year or two? So, you know, I, I think as long as, as long as you're not thinking money or, or business mm-hmm. while you're creating the art, at least for me, you know, it's okay. There's two sides to that coin, you know? And I mean, if no one hears it, <laughs> right. why not just do it for yourself? Or anyway? if you just go record a whole bunch of records, you're in the inventory business. You're not in the sales business. And exactly. one of my mentors <laughs> said to me is they said, look, they said, if you've got something that you feel will change people's lives and your message will change people's lives, it's your responsibility to find them. It's not their responsibility to find you. You would think that, wow, you know, the guy who launched the career of Taylor Swift has all these great products. People would just be beating down my door to buy my stuff. That's not the case. I have to go out and rebuild the relationship for them. Because what I tell people is this, is the fact that I was with Taylor will get your attention. But ultimately, the question you should be asking is, what can I do for them? What can Rick do to help me move my business? Great, he was with Taylor. Great, she thanked him from the stage. Great that he works with all these people. But bottom line is, what can he do for me? And that's what I feel about music. It's like, if you've got, I say, if you go find a hungry audience and feed them, and you can have the best hamburger stand in the world, but if you open it up in a town of vegetarians, you're screwed. All you've got (laughs) is a great hamburger with no one to consume it. So just because you wrote a song doesn't mean that the world's going to find it. You need to go target those people that you feel would like that music and then go build a relationship with them and get in the conversation and ultimately say, wow, you know, I'm a big fan of this band and they inspired me to write this song about this. Oh, wait, you're a musician? Here, let me check out your stuff. And if you've set up your YouTube page properly and your Twitter page and your Facebook page, that when they come and they see your bio, we're going to give them links to be able to hear the music. We're just not going to say, hey, I'm a singer. Listen to my stuff. It's like, dude, back off. You know, let's hold hands first. You know, we just seem to come in for these open mouth kisses right away and there's no dating, you know, and maybe on occasion you may get one, you may get two, but in order to be successful, we need thousands. Wow. Yep. It's, it's yeah, so I'm true. just taking this all in. I'm just taking it all in. I'm yeah, Marcio's got in. a visual right, visual right now of this open mouth kiss from a musician that he can't yeah. get out of his head. So. Oh, I got a few <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> uh, Marcio, are these ones that you want or ones you don't want? That's or right. Want. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll move, we'll move swiftly on. Um, that's, that's, like the, that's for another show. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's for uh, our spinoff. Um, that's right. So uh, I think this, this question kind of ties in to really a lot of the things you've been saying about social media and relationship mm-hmm. building. Um, but as a social media mentor for American Idol finalists, um, you teach artists how to use social media effectively. For me, using it effectively is about relationships, building relationships sure. and you know engagement. Can you maybe give us one really quick actionable tip that an artist could use right now 
to improve their social media strategy. Comment, comment, comment on other people's stuff. Show them that you care about them. When I get with this American Idol contestants, I'll give you a real good example. This year's winner, Trent Harmon. So I go and I meet with the top 24 and I explain to them, I said, I got good news and bad news. Good news is one of you is going to have a record deal in nine weeks. Bad news is none of you are ready for it. I said, so what my job is, is to let you take this $10 million commercial and build as many relationships as you possibly can. So after I had that conversation, Trent comes up and he's, he says, Mr. Rick, he said, I don't have a lot of those things that you were talking about. He goes, I don't have a Twitter page and I don't have a Facebook fan page. He says, I think I'm locked out of my Instagram and I don't have a website. And so what we did was we sat down and we said, look, here's the deal, Trent, is that people are going to see you on the show, but it's those conversations that you have during the week that are going to allow you to get them to vote. Because let's face it, those TV shows are game shows for 50-year-old women that watch the TV, vote for who they think their daughter would like to date or whatever. And they don't, then when you get eliminated, they move on to that next contestant. So we had Trent showing up every single day. We did the first Facebook Lives with artists. I, pref- I did. I did the first Periscopes with artists. I go out and I find the technology and say, how can we go have interaction and conversations? So the key with anything Social media especially is consistency. So if you say, well, I tweet every day and I do a Facebook post, great. You should be tweeting about 10 to 20 times a day. Why? Because it's so noisy. It's so crowded. And unless what happens is we look at our Twitter page and see that we've done all these tweets, but we don't realize that's not how the consumer sees it. They see it on their Twitter page and it just flies by. So you're hoping to get their attention. You're hoping to capture them for a moment when they happen to be there. So there better be imagery. Videos. Videos are huge right now. I'm a huge fan of live streaming. I'll be streaming today from a treadmill downstairs during my you know workout time. I pop it up and I do a Facebook Live and I answer questions. It's like, let me lose some pounds and let you get some you know free advice. It's a win-win for everyone involved. So consistency. Show up every day where the conversation is. And if you do this... Treat your social media like your meal plan. Give your fans something for breakfast. Give them something for lunch. Give them something for dinner. And where you would have snacks, go in and comment and like other people's stuff. And if that's the case, that's an hour a day. If you do 15, 15, 15, and then the others. If you don't have an hour a day to devote to your customer service of your business, then get out of the business. You're a hobbyist. You're not going to have any success if you don't have time to show up and love on your people. Perfect. I mean, it's, it's a job. I mean, yes, you don't want to look at it like that, but it needs to be a job. And most people are working at least eight hours a week, uh, eight hours a day, Mm -hmm. you know? So look at it like that. Can you take one hour of your eight hour day, or even if it's less or or longer than that and deal directly with these people who actually, without them, you're just making music for yourself. Sure. And everybody, for whatever reason, artists feel entitled. It's like the weirdest group of folks. I mean, I can't stand that. Yeah. Completely entitled. And it's like, okay. (laughs) you know then then don't be pissed if you're not if record companies aren't attracted to you or fans aren't coming to you it means you're doing something wrong Mm -hmm. it either means your music's not connecting or you haven't learned how to connect your music 
with the right group of people. So take some time, invest in yourself, and realize that you need to surround yourself and educate yourself. And the worst part for the record companies is we're the only industry in the world that I'm aware of that will put an unqualified person in the marketplace with a half a million dollar investment and then fire them when it doesn't work. Shame on them. Shame on them. You know, and that's the conversation that I have with these labels right now is to say, Don't send them to me after you sent them out and they didn't work. It's like when you sign an artist, let me start teaching them the business side while they're learning the creative side because they're great at teaching them how to write or get in better rooms or get the right producer. They're great at creating the product. They're great at putting lipstick on a pig. You know, they're great at doing all those things. But are what about giving the artist the proper tools to succeed? And that's my my fight right now. And, and it sucks that that's a fight. But too many artists are getting thrown to the wolves because in their minds, they're like, if my goal is to get a record deal and then the record company comes and tells me I have all this stuff to work on, how did I get the deal? If I wasn't good enough, if, if I'm not good enough, how did I get it? So we need to be able to have these conversations earlier and say, listen, you're awesome. And now we're going to do everything we can to make sure that when you get out there, you have the ability to have a career and not just be that person, you know, waiting tables later on saying, yeah, I had a hit on the radio back about 10 years ago and I went out on radio tour. Great. Congratulations. You're getting me all jazzed up, man. That's all I can say. Good. Good. Getting me all no, jazzed up. And I, no, I, I want to know now if you're ready for 20 questions. 20 questions. Bring it on. Okay. Th- I think this is going to be our fastest one ever. What do you think, Russ? Let's, let's, I have a uh, feeling because Rick, I think Rick knows his shit. I think if we said Rick had That's the first curse word, by the way, in this show. That's how For classy you? Rick keeps it. And I'm the one who had to bring in the curse word, of course. <laughs> no, I may have said something earlier, Maybe, but uh, uh, when you go back and listen, you'll say, gosh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do this. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Meat or veggies? Meat. TV or Netflix? Netflix. Twitter or Facebook? Facebook. California or Tennessee? California. Indie or major? Indie. Football or basketball? Football. Batman or Superman? Batman. Talent or attitude? Attitude. Canada or Scotland? Can Scotland. (laughs) Instagram or Snapchat? Instagram. Education or experience? Experience. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Amy Schumer or Amy Poehler? Amy Schumer. <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> or Taylor Hicks? <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> Michael Jackson or Michael Bolton? Michael Jackson. Celine Dion or Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Yeah. Whale or Kale? Kale. Bette Midler or The Riddler? The Riddler. And finally, mm-hmm. as you know, the most important question ever not even just in the show, Ross. I think ever. I think possibly yeah. ever. Yeah. yeah. Ross or Marcio? Marcio. Yeah! I got You got one! one. I had to give no. the artist what he needs. They're needy people, Ross. So it, no matter, <laughs> that's, so that's the thing, is they need to feel loved. You already love yourself. Marcio needs some people to validate what it is that he does. So we're just giving it to him right now. I'm yeah. <laughs> I think he feels like he's it's won a, a Grammy or something. He has. Like he has. And Ross close. is so confident in himself. He's like, whatever, dude. I know. We're just giving <laughs> Marcio some love. This, this might have been yeah. my first win in like 20, 20 plus episodes. No, you know, this this no. is really? to me. It's because I know how to read bad. people. Yeah. yeah. And right yeah. now, his whole day, he's going to spend the rest of the day 
just gloating. He's going to feel good about himself. He might go write a song. Rick, why have you done this to me? We've got another interview later, and I'm going to have to deal with this face. That's this right. Gloating That's right. face. But it'll bring a little extra to the episode next time. It's like you'll be like, man. Marcio's got this pep in his step right now. This is awesome. <laughs> and that's my so goal is saying, to inspire artists. You know, that's my goal. So he needs to have a call with you every morning. Is that what I you're think saying? So. I, think, I think I'm definitely talking to Rick. He's going to be the, the guy in my pocket here. That's just Rick. Dude, just on. put on Facebook notifications. You know, <laughs> I go on about three, four times a week. So just it. come on that's and true. I, I love them. on people. Yeah, I, I come on. I love on people. That's the way we roll. Well, um, now that I'm feeling so great, <laughs> I want to ask you, I want to ask you a little bit of advice. Um, sure. Particularly about mailing lists, you know, how mm-hmm. do you think an artist can go about really building it? Like, where do you start? The key is to start. You know, a lot of times people will, you know, have the clipboard at the show and they'll get email addresses. You want to have an opportunity. So I just recently actually sent out to all of the people who've ever purchased any of my products as a Christmas present. I, I wrote their first 10 emails for them. I said, look, so if someone comes and they say, I have a download, tell me where to send it. They get the email, they deliver that good. Then a week later, uh, we have one that says something like, oh my gosh, I can't believe my mom still has this video and we do a clip and it's just an embarrassing video or something. And then a couple days later, we may send out an email that says, hey, by the way, I hope you had a chance to enjoy the music that I sent. If you had sent a multiple songs, we'll say things like, which ones were your favorites? You know, and then the other one, hey, getting ready to go, um, sit down and record some videos, uh, some popular songs. Tell me what's on your iTunes right now. What are you listening to? What, what songs have really got you? So we really try to take that email marketing tactic and start a conversation. So then five, six, seven weeks later, we may come in with an offer. Hey, you know, I'm doing this limited number of t-shirts. There's only going to be a hundred available. And I wanted you to have the opportunity to be the first to get it. And now all of a sudden you sell a hundred t-shirts at 10 bucks because you've built this relationship. And now there's a thousand dollars, you know, you do that 10 times a year and you've just made $10,000 off of t-shirts, you know? So there's different ways to be able to do that, but I do it from your website. Artists don't understand the value of having their own website. They'll use Bandcamp or Reverb Nation or some of these places that they don't actually own. So they're at the mercy of that platform. And if that platform goes away, then they're screwed. Is I was at uh, a record company and I was sitting with their staff and I said, listen, I said, how many of you uh, are a little upset that radio is not playing your music? And they all raised their hand. I said, well, what's funny is on your website, you don't even have a music player. I said, you're not even playing your music. I said, you guys spend all this money to build these websites, to get all this attention. And we do everything we can to drive people to this website. And the very first thing you do is there's a picture of an artist with a link that sends them to iTunes. And guess what? You just sent them away and you'll probably not get them back because once they get to iTunes, iTunes has a real good strategy of saying, Hey, if you like Marcio's music, you're probably going to like Ross's and Hey, here's this and here's that. So iTunes and Amazon know more about the consumer than the record company who spent the millions of dollars to get the attention. And all we do is send it away. And that's what artists do. As soon as you go to their website, they send them to iTunes and iTunes has never once contacted me and said, Hey, Rick, you know, Ross just bought your record. Here's his contact information to go build a relationship with them. Instead, they're building relationships with you. And then when I release a new product, I have to spend more money to go get the customer that I already got in the first place. It's like, where is that fair? 
But that's the business that we're in. Why? Because we won't change. We're such creatures of habit that we keep doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results. And as we know, that's the definition of ignorance. It's just you keep doing it over and over, thinking this time it's going to be different. Okay. It's insanity. It hasn't been. It is. It's total insanity. Total insanity. And we need to stop the insanity. I think there's a product for that. (laughs) And you can stop the insanity by going to rickbarker.com. This guy is awesome, and we are so glad to have him on today. And I think uh, you mentioned at the start, you know, Taylor Swift's name gets the attention, but it's it's what you can do for them that really, you know, kind of proves your worth. I think in the last 20, 30 minutes, you've sold us. So though that's my goal. You know, my goal is this is, you know, it's it's I'm being further and further removed from Taylor. Taylor and I were together eight years ago. You know, the stuff that I just shared on this podcast Five percent, maybe what I did with Taylor. The other ninety-five percent is what I'm doing now with independent artists. You know, I've got artists right now with no songs on the radio, no booking agent, no management, making six figures a year because they've learned how to go out and build relationships. And if you can make fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year doing what you love, you're making more than most teachers and other nurses and other professionals. So go out, build it. Don't be afraid to try. Don't sit on it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just get your music out there. Make a difference. And once you find them, maintain that communication with them and they will be with you forever. Nice. And if you want to build a relationship with us, uh, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, and YouTube. Um, Marcio? <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> sorry, that I, I just, not I was, so yeah, smooth segue. I know, sorry. As for me, I'm working on my second solo album, and you can be part of it at marcinavelli.com slash pledge. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, which are all on my name, Marcio Novelli. And And what I would suggest, Marcio Novelli, is spell it, since it's very unique, because some people will be listening to this in the car or figuring out a way to drive them to a stationary location to get all the information about you as possible. Ross, do you want to do the honors? I will. I'm good. I'm good at spelling. Um, so that's Marcio, M-A-R-C-I-O, Novelli, N-O-V-E-L-L-I dot com. Um, as for me, I'm working on websites for various artists at the moment. And you can check out my work and my blog at electrickiwi.co.uk. And I'll spell that too, because lots of people spell this wrong. Electric as in electric. So E-L-E-C-T-R-I-C-K-I-W-I.co.uk. And you'll find me on Twitter and Instagram as Electric Kiwi and Facebook Electric Kiwi Design. Awesome. This episode was brought to you by Chris Keaton, 30 Roses, The Rockstar Advocate, Buck Naked Soap Company, and Social Surge. All links are in the show notes. Please check them out because they do keep this show alive. And if you want to be awesome and sponsor the show, visit patreon.com slash bridge the Atlantic. Rick, I am just, I, I said it already, but I am just so pumped right now. You got me so pumped and even more excited about my music career besides the artistic side of it, you know? And that, that man, you got a gift for that. Well, and I look forward to connecting with you. I get to Toronto quite a bit. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Bridge the Atlantic. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and leave a rating and review on iTunes. You can also find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So connect with us on there and let us know what you think of the show. Thanks for being awesome, and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.